Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Hi, and thank you for joining me here inside episode number 258 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you how up can be down depending on who you are and what your personal experience is. Uh, things are not so cut and dry. Things, things are not so um, black and white when we're trying to learn something as complicated and nuanced as the sport of tennis. And the, the story I have to share with you today is extremely important to hear because uh, I think it illustrates perfectly for me, what is the biggest challenge in trying to master a game like tennis? So we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, first, I want to dedicate this episode to Mitch in New York City. Recently, Mitch dropped by EssentialTennis.com, and he left a really, really long uh, comment on one of the, the posted podcast episodes there. And uh, by the way, just side note, I'm sorry that we haven't been posting these episodes. Normally, or in the past, we have posted these on the website, so you can listen to them right uh, in your web browser. Uh, instead of having to download the file, uh, there's we just have so many irons in the fire right now. Quite frankly, I'm just really personally very happy with myself for just doing these episodes at all. <laughs> happy that I've, I've a little bit gotten back on the uh, on the train here, uh, recording episodes. Uh, hopefully, in the near future, we'll get back to publishing them on the website as well. Uh, but in the meantime, if you're listening to this, thank you for being a subscriber and, and downloading the files anyway. So anyway, uh, Mitch stopped by the website to leave a comment and uh, kind of told a, a story about a, a study that he had read in which the people who uh, ran the study found out that when it came to retaining uh, the ability to execute a skill like tennis, having it in mind and visualizing it and picturing it made a big difference. And so for him, long story short, the Essential Tennis Podcast has been really instrumental for him being able to, while he's doing other things and maybe during an off-season or when he doesn't have access to courts, be able to uh, keep his brain active keep those brain waves flowing within uh, the discipline of tennis and and think about things in different ways and uh, think critically about different parts of the game that most players don't think about when all they do is just the status quo uh, doing hitting sessions and drills and clinics and lessons. So uh, Mitch, thank you for that story and uh, thank you for taking the time to write in uh, with your support. I appreciate it very much. So on to today's topic, which comes straight from a VIP private coaching student who came into Milwaukee to work with us just this past Monday and Tuesday. It already feels like a long time ago because uh, this has been a really busy week, but we spent all day on the court Monday and Tuesday this week with a new student, or actually he's a, a return student. He's been here in Milwaukee before, but uh, this is his first time doing our one-on-one -on -one coaching session with us. I uh, came from Michigan, the Detroit area, and Rob from Michigan has one of the most vertical swing paths that I've personally ever seen from an amateur athlete on his forehand and backhand. He hits very, very heavy topspin, and in uh, my initial analyzing of his strokes, his forehand and his backhand, 
frequently saw his racket drop a solid two to three feet below where he was making contact. So uh, frequently, frequently, especially on higher balls where he would make contact, maybe a, a high deep shot that he got pushed back behind the baseline, where he was making contact up around shoulder heights, his racket was still dropping well down below waist height, down to knee height and coming way back up to shoulder height again. And so as a result, Rob just naturally, quote unquote naturally, naturally for him, because this was his habit, Rob hit very high, very heavy topspin shots. This is what he just did as a matter of habit on both his forehand and his backhand side. Now, he had other things to work on, and so we didn't really address this until I believe it was the second day. First, we, we made some big improvements to his kinetic chain, how he used his body, and then in the second day, we turned our attention to this issue of how low he was dropping the racket, which most players, most amateur athletes uh, on a tennis court would love to have the, this ability that Rob had to drop way down below the ball, make tons of topspin. A lot of players, especially players that learned initially how to play decades ago, only have lateral, straight, flat drives and really struggle making the ball curve and making the ball spin. Rob could just do that in his sleep. And in fact, I would say to the extent where it was kind of a crutch for him and it's all he really knew how to do. Now, when I asked him to, he could hit a flatter ball, but it was not his comfort zone. And for Rob, it was kind of all or nothing. Like either he was hitting the really high spinny uh, kind of moon ball type shot or it was just totally flat and straight, and it was basically kind of his kill shot, and he had very little control over having any kind of nuance in between those two extremes. And so Rob is a, a strong, very strong 3-5 player, but he has aspirations of uh, beating 4-0 players and, and maybe someday making it up around 4-5. And so developmentally, I, I just saw a big gap here because when you play against a four or five player is somebody who a is not going to be bothered by moon ball after moon ball they don't have any issue with heavy spin uh, they don't have any issue with uh, kind of high floaty balls uh, somebody who's a solid four or five is going to eat, eat those up it's not a challenging shot for for a four or five player so we needed to give Rob the ability to keep the spin. Like the spin was not bad, but we needed to give him the ability to balance it out with solid drive so he could have the best of both worlds and not either or, not just one or the other. So we went through a series of progressions, and uh, my challenge to Rob was to build his awareness of what his racket was doing, specifically the direction of his swing path. And so we started off very simple with slow, really slow, uh, relaxed shadow swings, just to get him to see and feel what it was like to make a lateral swing. For him, it's very, very easy, very natural to demonstrate a very vertical swing, meaning swinging upwards towards the ceiling, dropping very low and swinging at a very uh, aggressive slope, if you will, up towards contact. So I started him off on the service line making slow shadow swings and gave him one objective to make a totally lateral swing with a, a, a shadow swing. So he went through several repetitions, really slow uh, 
and my, my instruction to him was make it slow enough that he could really be aware of and kind of see and feel everything that he was doing so that he could accurately execute exactly what I was asking him to do and do so in a conscious and aware uh, state so that he could feel and see the difference. Now, his first several repetitions uh, attempting to make a totally lateral swing, I recorded them with my iPad uh, at high frame rates and then showed him that in actuality, in actuality, he was still dropping the racket like a foot before coming up to where his imaginary contact point was. So I had him slow down even more and uh, try even harder to make it a totally lateral swing. My goal for him, my objective to him was, okay, so let's pretend this is a waist-tight contact. And so I don't want the racket to drop any lower than what that imaginary contact point is going to be. So the racket, after making the unit turn and and bringing the racket uh, back and dropping it, should only drop to the level of contact and then move forward towards the ball completely lateral. No raise of uh, raise of the racket, raising of the racket at all, up to contact. So. Uh, after giving him multiple vid- uh, video feedback, after giving him video feedback multiple times, showing him that he was still a ways off and still swinging relatively vertically, he finally got a couple reps in where he was actually swinging flat and straight. And after seeing himself actually swing straight, he made the comment, "Wow, I can't believe that was straight because." I, I swear to you, I felt like I was actually swinging down on those last ones. His internal perception, his internal experience on that level, flat, lateral swing was that he was actually swinging the racket down because he was deviating so much from his typical direction of swing. So a big de- detachment there for him between perce- his perception, his experience, and reality. Now, progression number two was kept him on the service line, kept things really slow and relaxed. And uh, our goal was to make a totally lateral swing and make contact with the ball, regardless of where the ball goes. He has no target. In fact, it, there's zero expectation to make the shot totally irrelevant where the ball goes. His only objective was to execute that same lateral swing path, the racket only dropping down to the height of contact and then moving straight forward to the point of contact. So he tried several times, uh, but wasn't able to achieve uh, that goal. And I showed him on video, no, see, you're still swinging upwards. Uh, and to, to him, it felt like he was swinging, swinging lateral, swinging flat, but it just wasn't happening. So I said, okay, tell you what, Rob, after several tries, I said, all right, just forget that. For the next several, I want you to swing down at the ball. Totally doesn't matter where the ball goes. Obviously, the ball is not going to go over the net. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the ball bounces a foot in front of you. I just want to see you hit the ball with a downward motion. We're going to do the total opposite of what you're used to. So uh, we fed him. Uh, he's on the service line still. This is all very slow, very controlled. Fed him an easy ball to his forehand with one objective, to swing the, the racket downward towards the ball. Lo and behold, he makes a totally flat swing. (laughs) Now, before I showed him the video, I said, oh, uh, Rob, how do you think you did on that one? On on his first try, he said, oh, yeah, I think I totally got it. Totally nailed that one. Racket was definitely swinging down. So I showed him the playback in slow motion, and he didn't swing down at all. He swung 
lateral. He swung totally straight and flat. And he could have absolutely sworn, he probably would have bet me a million dollars that his racket was moving downwards, but he wasn't. All he had done is actually leveled out his swing. Four or five repetitions later, he actually did make a downward swing. He finally achieved it. But it was only after, A, swinging laterally, which was our initial goal to begin with, and B, really, to him, from his internal perspective, super exaggerating that downward path. It was only after feeling like he was swinging down incredibly steeply that he was swinging down at all. So on the way to dinner later that evening, I asked him, so Rob, what was the the single most impactful thing that you experienced during this experience? And he said, the first thing, the most impactful thing that he learned was that he's learned that he's not doing what he thinks he's doing. And that awareness, knowing that that's true, changes everything. Because here's the deal. Rob's whole goal is to improve. If you're listening to my voice right now, then that's clearly your goal. Or you wouldn't have made it 13 minutes <laughs> into this uh, discussion on, uh, on tennis and, and how to get better. So improvement is the goal. It's critical to understand that it's only possible to improve by changing something, by doing something different than you're used to, different from your habits. And here's the thing. When you have a a biomechanical habit, small deviations from that movement pattern feel really, really big. And that that can be kind of scary to, uh, to make a big departure from what your body is comfortable with and, and the way that you're used to swinging the racket. So the thing is, the only way to tell if you're making the right change, much less enough change, is to have some kind of third-person awareness. That means some kind of feedback outside of yourself. If you're only relying on your own experience, meaning what it feels like, if you're only relying on your perception of what's happening, then I 100% guarantee you that there are things going on (laughs) on probably every type of swing that you have that are different than what you think is happening. And so how can we possibly, for those of you listening that are kind of going through this journey of improvement by yourselves, you're kind of self-guiding your improvement process, uh, self-guiding your learning through the sport of tennis, I promise you, you're missing things. And I listen, all 100% respect those of you that are doing that. Just maybe using uh, some YouTube videos. Uh, maybe this, this podcast has helped you a little bit. Some other online resources. Maybe you take an occasional lesson, but not too much. Uh, if you're trying to self-guide, you, there, you need to find some other way to get that third-person awareness. And the best way to do that is video, hands down. You, you have a smartphone if you're listening to my voice right now. And so use it to record yourself so you can see what you're doing. The app that I like to use is called Coach's Eye. Uh, it's an incredible app. It just even the free version of it is extremely powerful. Quite frankly, I, I'm using the free version right now. Uh, if they had other features behind their uh, the paywall, I would be happy to pay for it because I, I use it uh, ex- very, very frequently. Um, but most of their pay features, I don't, I don't really have any use for. But uh, Coach's Eye is incredible, and 
hands down, video is the best way to get that third person awareness. So for Rob, up was down and down was up. He, he felt like he was swinging the racket in certain directions, but reality proved differently. And hopefully this story has been a good illustration for you and gives you good motivation to get out there and see with your own eyes from outside of yourself exactly what it is that you're doing so that you can actually make meaningful, effective improvements to your game. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.